0: Good morning. I want to take this time. Hey, I want to take this time to read 1 John 2, 3 through 11. Yeah, I wrote it down on my hand. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard, yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate it.
1: Well, before I get going into my message this morning, it is good to be back. It's a little bit colder here than it is in Africa. Uh, Africa, you just sweat. You just sweat the whole time. You sweat morning, you sweat in the noontime, you sweat in the evening, you sweat at night. And you take malaria medication, which makes you hallucinate. So every night, I hallucinated. And the food didn't settle very well, so I was sick the whole time. So this shirt fits so nicely this morning. Have you noticed how well I'm fitting into my pants today? Hallelujah. Praise God the Lord. Uh, I read a book right before I went uh, to Ghana that talked about diarrhea, and it said, how willing are you to preach the good news of Jesus Christ? Are you willing to get diarrhea for Jesus? And um, all I will say is, amen. Eh." (laughs) Amen. man. Uh, Friday night was incredible. We uh, did a recap. I showed s- pictures. I showed uh, videos. I showed um, just all that God is doing over there. It was a great night. We raised the money for the team that's going in January, and we were able to raise $1,300 because of you. $1,300 for the team that's going in January. Give yourselves a big round of applause. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, I did a concert the day before I went to Ghana. I did a concert in Shelton. At the concert, we raised over $1,000 for Ghana as well. So we're making our way, making, making uh, some headroom into this uh, goal. We, we want to raise $7,500 to be able to send this team in January, and we are um, what almost a third of the way there. So praise the Lord uh, for that. Um, with this passage, I would say it's a simple passage, and yet it's also a very challenging passage of Scripture. Have you noticed that? I mean, it's simple in that you're going to leave here not confused by what the Lord is trying to say uh, through this, this passage, but it's challenging because, I don't know about you, and it's all these talk of light and darkness and old commands and new commands, it, it's challenging because if, <laughs> there's just a choice to be made, I, I hope we can see that, and And we need to be willing, we need to consciously, intentionally, willingly choose to obey what that passage just talked about. So you can hear it all day long, but are you going to obey what the Word actually says? Are you going to actually walk in a way that the Bible tells us that you're supposed to walk, to be like Jesus? And and the only way that you're going to be able to do that is if you kind of get out of your own way, get out of your flesh, get out of all your touchy-feely emotions and feelings and just completely radically surrender today to the Word of God and say, yes, I choose, I willingly choose to follow Jesus and His commands and the Holy word of God, all by the power of the Holy Spirit that is working within me. You're going to have to make that choice this morning. Not everyone in this room is going to make that choice. Some of you are going to hear these words. You're going to be challenged by them, and you're going to go, eh, not for me, and you're going to leave and stay the same. Others of you, you're going to be like, wow, God, you are cutting me to the core. You are speaking into the joints and the the marrows of my life, judging even the attitudes and thoughts of my heart. Oh, God, I repent. I am sorry. Change me, Lord, and you're going to leave here changed forever but that is the choice that you have to make this morning so we're going to walk through it we're going to start in verse three and verse four he says we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands come to know who yeah we've come to know jesus if we keep his commands whoever says i know him right i know jesus but does not do what he commands you know what they are they're a liar you know what else? They're, they're not just a liar. The truth is not in that person. You know, the older I get, the less I am impressed or, or or moved by the things that people say. The older I get, I mean, I just think about politicians and all the promises that they make from their platforms. As much as I'm not moved by what they spout out in their campaign rallies, I'm also not moved by people telling me they are a Christian. Less and less. I'm just not that impressed. The older I get, I guess, the less I care about what you say. What I care about is not just your words, I care about what you do, your actions. The saying is true, that actions, finish it with me, the actions speak louder than words. If, if you say you're a Christian and you actually don't do anything that would actually define a Christian, meaning you actually don't obey the commands of Christ, if you say you're a Christian and you don't obey the commands of Christ, to me, your religion, it is powerless. It's just a bunch of words. It's a bunch, a gathering, a collection of powerless words. The Bible says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, it is a matter of power. If you say all the right things about God and yet you are still not yielding to the power of God to help you obey the commands of God, to love Him and to love your neighbor, then your religion is sick. Your religion is unhealthy. Your religion needs some help. Because if you say you are a Christian, if you say that you know Him and yet you don't follow His commands, the word is clear this morning. The word's saying, and I'm not saying, I'm just repeating what the word is saying. You are a liar. You are a fraud. You are a fake and the truth is not in you if that's you this morning repent turn from your wicked ways and begin a true christian walk walk of obedience to god a walk that follows christ a walk that is obedient to his word a walk that is obedient to his holy spirit it's just amazing the christianity we have made up You can fool everybody else. You can even fool me, but one day you will take your last breath, you will stand before God, and you're not going to be able to fool God. So it is time to follow the commands of Christ, to walk in obedience. If your faith is just merely words, I just pray that you would repent and turn from that to where your faith would begin to evolve, to a supernatural life full of good deeds, full of actions, full of movements that all flow from the power of God which resides within you and which resides within each true believer. I hope today that you are a true believer, that the Holy Spirit resides within you, and today you can choose to live by the power of God that resides within you. So if that's not where you're at this morning, it's very simple. Repent. Get back On track and obey the commands of God. You know, in my life, I have to do that every week. Sometimes I have to do that every day. Repent, get back on track, and obey the commands of God. Next two verses. But if anyone obeys his word, here's a promise. If anyone obeys God's word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Oh man, wouldn't you want to know? How do I know if I am in you, Jesus? Whoever claims to live in him. So if you're in here and you're claiming to live in him, to be a Christ follower, to be in Christ, then you must live a life as Jesus did. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. I think this is great. I love this. This isn't confusing. He says, this is how we know if you're in Jesus. If you're in Jesus, guess what? You live like Jesus. If you're a Christian, if you're a Christ follower, then guess what? Your life should kind of look like Jesus. If you're in him, then your life should look a little bit like Jesus. So how do I know what Jesus looked like? Well, you got to begin to study the Word. Read the Word of God. Look at Jesus. Look at how he interacted with other people. Look at his interaction with the Father in heaven. Isn't it amazing as you look at Jesus and how he interacts with his Father in heaven? Get to know Jesus. Study Jesus. Imitate him. Follow him. Remember Philippians? Philippians says, you know what, Christian? You know what, brother and sister? Have the same mindset of Christ. Have the same attitude as Christ. Follow his example. Follow his example of complete obedience to the Father. Do you remember Jesus' radical obedience to the Father? His willingness, his eagerness to please the Father? Follow his example in that. And follow Jesus' example in his willingness to serve others and his willingness to love others. Follow Christ. Follow Christ. Follow his example of loving God and loving others. This whole thing, it reminds me of the song we used to sing it when we were kids that they will know we are Christians by our love. Remember that one? You know where that song came from? It comes from another. One of John's books, these are some little letters, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, but we find this in the Gospel of John. John chapter 13, we're going to be in verses 34 and 35. He is now quoting Jesus. These are the words of Jesus. He says, a new command I give you. Oh, we better listen up. Jesus, our Savior, is giving us a new command. What do you have to say, Jesus? He says, love one another. Love one another. As I have loved you, and hasn't Jesus loved us? He says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. How? How? If you love one another. If you love one, We complicate this whole thing we call Christianity so much. But he says, if you want to know you're one of mine, you're going to love the person next to you. People are going to know you're a believer in Christ. Not by how intellectual you are. How many, man, we're trying to get to God in all the wrong places. We're, we're just always trying to reach him in this intellectual way. He said, no, not by how much you know, not by even what you say. Somehow we th- think by the eloquence of our speech. If I, if I just give the right sermon, then, then people re- will really know that I'm a Christ follower. He says, no, none of that. It's going to be how you treat your spouse, how you're going to treat your coworker, how you're going to treat your neighbor, how you're going to love God and love others. They're going to know you're a Christian by the language that you use during your lunch break. They're going to know you're a Christian, how you talk about other coworkers. They're going to know you're a Christian. As everyone else is tearing down their spouses, that you actually lift your spouse up and speak well of him or her. They will know you are a Christian. Christ says, as I have loved you, you are going to love others, and you're going to obey my command. If you want to be like me, Jesus says, then you got to live like me. And here's a biggie. Here's a biggie. You want to know how the world is really going to know you're a Christian? It's as they observe how we love one another in the church, how Christians love other Christians. If I ever get really discouraged, if I'm ever really down in my living room, I mean where I have a broken heart, it is when I see how some of you treat one another, how you gossip about one another. And and you just forget the hurtful words that come out of your mouth. Let's just go to your heart. Let's just go to the attitude of your heart, the way you think about others, the way you are thinking about some of the other people in this very room. If I wasn't a Christian, and I saw the way that some Christians treat other Christians, I'd be like, I do not want anything to do with your religion. Are you kidding me? Count me out. So John has a warning for all of us today. Obey God's word, follow his commands. Be like Jesus. Verse 7, he says, Dear friends, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you've had since the beginning. The old command is the message you've heard. You've all heard it. Yet I'm also writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him, in Jesus, and in you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. This is good. See, this is a command that John says. It's a command to love one another. And and we see it later in chapter 3, verse 23 of the same little letter. Jesus writes, or John writes very clearly. He says this is his commandment. Jesus' commandment, or God's commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and we love one another just as he has commanded us. And the command to love, you you find it in the Old Testament, you find it in the New Testament, you're going to find it way at the beginning in the book of Leviticus, chapter 19, verse 18. He says, do not, this is the Lord speaking, he says, do not seek revenge. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people. He says, no, but love your neighbor as yourself. So that's good. And the Israelites are trying to be good followers of God, so they try to obey this command from Leviticus. But then Jesus comes on the scene. And, and if you read Jesus, he interprets this command in a new, radical, new, uh, just in a completely different way. Jesus, when he talks about love, he goes beyond what anyone else had heard before. See, when Jesus begins to talk about love, he begins to describe a love that is expressed in intense self-sacrifice, where you pour out your life, for another person. He begins to describe this, this love that is really servanthood, where you are serving another human being. In fact, Jesus declares in John 15, so two chapters later, in 12 and 13 and 14, he says, my command is this. Again, listen up, Jesus, our lover of our soul, the savior of the world, he is saying, I got a command for you. He says, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this. Come on, we've all heard this before. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command. But you know, Jesus' love, it goes even further than that. In Matthew, what does he say? He says, you know what? You're going to love your enemies, and you're going to pray for those who persecute you. That's the kind of love that Jesus preaches, where you're going to love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. So Jesus, he lays out this wonderful, incredible, powerful command. And following this command, and showing this kind of love, I'm telling you, church, this should be the unifying This should be the identifying mark of this Christian community, right? That they would know we are Christians by what? By our love. By our love. Not by our ability to come to church on a Sunday morning and check it out. You can go to church for your whole life and have nothing to do with Christ. Come on, let's not fool ourselves. Like, oh, well, good for you. Good for you, Pastor. And no. They're gonna know how I treat my wife. This is how they're gonna know if I'm a Christian. Not by what I it's easy to talk nice when the lights are shining on you, but when no one else is looking and I'm in the living room with my wife, that's what matters. That's when you're gonna know if I'm a Christian or not. It's not by what I say, it's not by what I know, it's by how I love my wife. We are messed up with what we think Christianity is. But it's, man, as he has loved me, I'm going to love you. And when I fail to love you, I better be saying I'm sorry. I better be saying, will you forgive me? Right? Because that's what Christians do. We're the first to say, would you please forgive me? Because I want to love you as Christ has loved me. So here it is. Jesus lays out this incredible command. They're going to know we're Christians by our love. And love is the key. It's the key. key. To to all that we desire as Christ followers, love is the key. If if you're feeling anemic in your Christian walk, and I I run across a lot of people that are feeling anemic in their Christian walk, well, you need to let Jesus stretch you in this area of love. Well, I'm not, you know, getting love from anybody else. I'm just loving everybody, and no one's loving me in return. Well, amen. Keep it going. Well, you know, when I'm serving, I'm just serving, and no one else is serving. I'm doing all the work around here. Praise God. You know what? That means you look a little bit like Jesus. If you're loving and you're serving and it doesn't feel like anyone's around you, then hallelujah, you are walking on the narrow road. Praise the Lord. Keep it going. I will pray for you, not that you quit. I'll pray that the Lord will make you strong so you can go even further. Hallelujah. Praise God. Keep it going. At that point, you are finally walking as Jesus walked. You are finally living and loving like Jesus lived and loved. John declares in verse 8, he says, when you see this command actually happening, he says, you're going to see light shining. When people are actually obeying this command, the darkness, it's gone. The light, it's shining. And I love that. I I love that. When you're walking in this kind of love, I'm talking supernatural, powerful love that comes from God above, darkness, it flees. The light begins to rule the day. And as light shines. I mean think about you can I love your gardening and all the tomatoes and stuff that you bring us. As light shines on your tomato plants, the light begins to shine on us. And you know what happens when the light shines on us? We begin to what? We begin to grow. We begin to grow. But church, if you cannot love your brother, if you cannot love your sister, darkness is ruling your heart. And if darkness remains, you're not going to grow. You can convince yourself you're growing, but you're not growing because the light isn't there. The darkness is there. You can say you've been a Christian for 50, 60 years, and that if you cannot obey the command to love one another, you're going to be frustrated for 50, 60 years because as long as hate resides in your heart, as long as you disobey this great command from Jesus, it will be impossible impossible for you to grow it will be impossible for you to become more like jesus and actually be who he created you to be you are going to be so frustrated you will stay stuck all the days of your life you cannot grow spiritually while you hate others without love there is no light without light you're not going to grow The bitterness in so many people's hearts. I'll talk to someone and it'll just be like a good conversation and a great conversation. And then I'll just bring something up and it's just like they switch like that. You just see, you just hit an area of bitterness and it just rises up. That bitterness in your heart, it it allows the darkness to remain. And as long as the darkness is there, that life-giving light that God wants to flood into your life, it will not be there and you will not be able to grow as a believer Again, this is what it's telling us. And John describes it so well. Look at verses 9, 10, and 11. He says, anyone who claims to be in the light, you know, using your words, talking about how great you are, how eloquent you are, and oh yeah, I'm Christ follower. I follow Jesus. I go to church. I serve in my church. I do all these things. If you do all those things, but you hate your brother or sister, you're still in darkness. Man, I thought if I just did a bunch of things, I could get into the light. No. He just said, forget all that. Just put that to the side for now. It says, if you hate your brother or sister, you're in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother or sister, oh, please, give me some good news. Well, guess what? You love your brother and sister, you live where? Not in the dark, but you live in the the light. There's nothing in them to make them stumble. Isn't that great? The light. I'm not going to stumble because I see everything. I'm in the light. I'm not going to stumble. But anyone who hates his brother or sister is in darkness. They walk around in darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has what? It has blinded them. Man, these are serious words. I just hope some of us, and I'm I'm speaking to myself as well, I hope some of us are wise enough to listen to these words today because these are life-giving words. These will change your life if you're willing to choose to obey them. As a pastor, some of the greatest stumbling blocks that I run into with people... And their inability to grow in the Lord is simply the condition of their heart in this area of loving others. Now, most people wouldn't say that they hate another person, right? That sounds just kind of violent and and kind of rude. But even as I've been talking, many of you, I mean, you you convince yourself, right? Like, "I, I don't hate anybody, Pastor Dan. Well, maybe you wouldn't admit to that, but just think about how you talk to that person. Or talk about that person. And you know the person I'm talking about. We all got that person. Consider how hard you try to avoid that person. Or even in your interactions with that person. You interact with them, but you interact with them in a way that is completely opposite of what anyone would define as love. 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 And I I was thinking about love, and, and in America, this thing that we've done to love in america i just got to say this love is such an interesting thing we've just done something to love we've made love so emotional we've made it touchy filly, right we love these love stories we love romance novels and we're just into into this hyper emotional ooey gooey love but this isn't what jesus is talking about we got to get our american thing and just kind of set to the side for a second jesus is not describing a feeling Jesus is describing a choice. I want to say that again. Jesus is not describing a feeling. Jesus is describing a choice. Because let's be honest, if someone's yelling at me, if if someone's wrongly accusing me of something, if someone's cheating me, if someone's taking advantage of me, guess what? I I probably don't feel a lot of love towards that person. I wouldn't pick them to be my co-star in the upcoming love story, right? I mean, it's not going to happen. But in Christ, This is where it's so powerful, church. In Christ, I can choose to love them. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? I can choose to love them. I hope you're hearing what I'm saying. Regardless of how they treat me, I can choose to love them. Meaning, I can be concerned about their well-being. I can choose to treat them with respect. I can choose to serve them. I can even choose to sacrifice for them. Whether I feel affection towards them or not, whether I feel emotionally twitterpated with them, I can always choose to love them. And by the way, this is when the Christian life becomes so cool. This is when it becomes the adventure that it was meant to be. Because as I choose to love them, even when... Maybe you don't feel like they deserve it. Or maybe you just don't feel like loving them. But when you choose to love them, something supernatural happens. God actually begins to help you out. Did you know that? You're not alone in this whole thing of loving others. You don't have to just muscle up a bunch of willpower and like, oh, I'm going to love you. No, when you say, you know, I'm going to love that person, the Holy Spirit within you just begins to be activated. Have you noticed that? He just be all right, Dan's chosen to love his enemy. It's time to go to work. we got to help this guy out. By the power of the Holy Spirit inside us, God actually begins to help us out. The Holy Spirit actually helps us express our love, right? And that's the great thing about that love because it's not my love. It's whose love. It's God's love being expressed through me. All I have to do is say, yes, I'm going to choose to love you. And God, by his power, gives me what I need to be able to love you. And once we choose to begin to love God uh, or to love others, I, I just, I think we need to kind of be a little bit more confident and have a little more faith in God. God tells us in 2 Peter 1, 3, He's going to give us everything we need to live a godly life. Everything. So when you're in that situation, you're like, man, I do not know even what I'm going to say, what I'm going to do. Guess what? The Holy Spirit's going, I got you. I got you. By my power... I will give you everything you need, Daniel Allen Bursch, to live this life and to love this person. So in those moments when you willingly choose to love somebody, when you let faith rise up, when you choose to love somebody, I, I just want to encourage you in this. Don't get caught up in what you're going to say. Don't get stressed out about how you're going to do it, right, and, and, or what you're going to do. You, you're just going to have to give that to God. You know, in that moment, just trust in God. Right, when Stephen, let's be honest, when Stephen woke up that morning before he died, he was like, today I'm going to die for Christ. Today I'm going to get stoned for Jesus. No. But in that moment, when he chose to love them, remember what he said? Father, forgive them. Man, How did you do that, Stephen? You know how he said that? Do you think it was just by his own little, I'm going to love them? No, it was by what? His willingness to say, I choose to love them. And the Father and the Holy Spirit just gave Stephen these amazing words to say, Father, forgive them even though they kill me, even though they throw rocks upon me to kill me. Forgive them. The power of God moving in within you. It's amazing. It's beautiful. But I want to encourage you, Before you're, we're all stressed out about that moment, right? Don't be stressed out about that moment. Give that moment to the Lord. Right now, you want to stress out, stress about this second right now as I'm speaking. That this moment, right now, as we're speaking at 956, that you would say, I'm going to choose, regardless of the situation or circumstances, I am choosing right now that I'm going to be a person of faith. I will be a Christian. I will follow the commands of Christ, and I will love my neighbor. That's the power of a Christian, is right now. You settle that in your heart right now. Settle it in your heart, regardless of how difficult it's going to feel, regardless of how impossible you think it's going to be. Right now, choose to love others. Regardless of situation, choose to love others. You're going to choose to love others. You're going to choose to love others. Some of you aren't going to choose to love others, but some of you are going to choose to love others, and your life's going to be radically changed for the rest of your life because of this moment right now when you said, it is settled in my heart, I will choose to love others. And when you make the choice to love others, church, listen to me. When you make the choice to love others, the darkness that has a grip on your life loses its grip the enemy where he thought he was winning in your life the enemy is all of a sudden defeated and the darkness it has no room in your life as you say no I'm going to choose to love them the darkness actually has to flee the light actually comes into your life and where there's light there is growth and you grow and the fruit of the spirit love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self control just begins to be produced in you in ever increasing measure and people actually begin to see Jesus in you and that whole command live as I live the command that Jesus gives us people will actually see all because you said yes to loving others God wants that for all of us he wants that for me he wants that for you and I get I mean there's come on people give you a lot of reasons not to love them right I, I get that but it's not about them it's about you and your heart 2015, I said this again and again and again. No pity parties, no excuses, do hard things. <laughs> no pity parties, no excuses, do hard things. It's between you and God. We've got to stop blaming everybody else around us. This opportunity to love, it's just an intimate choice between you and God. I will either obey you or I will not obey you. And God wants everyone in this room to obey him, to obey his commands. So where are you at with this? Where are you at? Where is it that you need to love? Or maybe for some of you, who is it that you need to love? I, I was just thinking, as, as I was going through this passage, for many of us, it's aware. where. It's a where. where. Where do I struggle loving? I was thinking about this. Maybe it's your home. I mean, when you really think about it, you're you're so loving at work, right? You're loving at your school. You're loving everywhere else, but something happens when you come home when you walk in those doors and something comes over you right something changes and all of a sudden what comes out of your mouth towards your spouse and towards your kids it is anything but loving for others of you maybe it's your commute right we like to make jokes about our commute because you know they're your commute and (laughs) there's a lot of reasons to get upset right there's some bad drivers in the world Just go to Ghana. It gets better. (laughs) But sometimes we think just our commute is this opportunity to be annoyed by others when God would say this is an opportunity to pray for others. Man, to redeem our commute, how good would that be if every one of us just chose to redeem our commute? No, Satan, what you thought you were going to do in my commute, it is now going to be used for the advancement of the kingdom of God. How good would that be? Or others of you, maybe, it's, maybe it is your office. Or maybe it's the checkout line at the grocery store. Maybe it's your bedroom. Maybe it's your computer screen. Right? For me, it was always the lobby of the Department of Licensing. <laughs> so, whew. So some of you, maybe it's aware. Right? I think he wants to change our hearts in those areas. That when we walk into those places, those locations, and don't you know there's something spiritual about locations? We don't talk about the spiritual realm very much, but sometimes you can just feel it. Like, wow, this is a heaviness here. There's an oppression here. And sometimes we just kind of walk into that, and we just kind of do whatever Satan and his little minions want us to do compared to saying, no, the darkness is going to flee. I'm going to choose the love in this location. So there's a where, but then many of us, it's a who. It's a who. There's a who. And the Lord is maybe bringing to mind someone right now. You've chosen not to love, and I'll just say from this minute, you can choose to love them. You can choose to love them. I I have a list. We all have a list, right? And and I just think about, we try to excuse away why it's okay not to love that person. But the Bible really doesn't give us those excuses. And even what the Bible would tell us today, and I think we kind of understand this, is that the minute you choose not to love that person... A death kind of comes into your life, right? It just kind of begins to cloud your heart, cloud your mind, and it affects your ability to grow. We want to compartmentalize all these things, right? We want to be, oh, it, it's okay for me to hate this person, and then I'm going to get all that God would want for me, and I'm going to hold on to this hate. And yet the Scripture doesn't give us that permission. And I would say God isn't telling you in this moment that you have to have these you know, lovey-dovey, feelings towards them he isn't saying you have to walk hand in hand with them on the beach and sing a carpenter's love song together i mean I, i don't think that's his demand here but he is telling us he's telling me he's telling you you have a choice you have a choice and not by your own strength right not by your own willpower but by the power of the holy spirit that is within you you can choose to love them As Christ loved you, you're going to love them. Do you remember what Romans said? It said God demonstrates his own love in this. That while we were still sinners, while we were enemies of God, sinners, it said Christ died for us that's the love of God and we can come in in the same way though they might be our enemy we can say you know what I, you, know, you are pathetic right now but I choose to love you in the name of Jesus Christ I'm going to love you though you persecute me I'm going to pray for you you're not going to steal the light away from me you're not going to steal the life away from me I'm going to rise up in faith and I'm going to love you love you love you God loves you I love you I'm going to kill you with kindness you are not going to destroy the light that is in me the darkness is going to have to flee and I'm telling you church when you choose to love God and I'm I'm saying right now I don't care what you've done in your past I'm talking about right now when you say I choose to love God I choose to love others the darkness will flee this is not a fairy tale it's not just a little pretty little picture book that you read to your kids this is the spiritual reality right now for every one of us in this room when we choose rise up in faith right now to say I'm going to choose to love my neighbor I'm going to choose to love my enemy right now spiritual Spiritually, something happens. The darkness has to flee. The enemy is defeated. Love wins. Love and light comes and invades and begins to shine and you begin to grow and you become a powerful force for the kingdom of God. The gates of hell shall not prevail against you. I mean, church, this is when life is exciting. The abundant, adventurous life. Not because everything's going right and everyone likes me and everyone's greeting me and everyone's giving me a hug. No, because I got Christ. I got the love of Christ. I'm going to follow His command and I'm going to love you. Whether you deserve it or not, I'm going to love you. 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 And so, yeah, throw your stones. Hey, you know, if you're annoyed by me and you want me gone, then kill me now. But I'm going to love you. I love Steve Schell said that once. They go, they can cut off my arms, they can cut off my feet, they can take out my vocal cards, but they can't keep me from praising God. You can't keep me away from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus. You can't keep me from expressing love to you. Church, we've allowed too many things of this world to influence what we already have in Christ, which is this, this eternal love, eternal life, this power of God within us, the power of God to love others. Do you remember what he says? He says, Galatians 5.13, he says, don't use, your, uh, sinful, or don't use your freedom in Christ to indulge the sinful nature. He says, no, you're free. Galatians 5.1 says, you're free. He says, use your freedom in Christ not to indulge the sinful nature, but to serve one another in love. Isn't that the greatest display, the greatest demonstration of the freedom that I have in Christ is to serve you, Pete, is to serve you, Randy, to serve you, Kathy, to serve one another, not just out of bitterness or hate or envy or jealousy, but in love. I'm gonna serve you. That's the freedom I have in Christ. And no one can take away the freedom that I have in Christ. And if you can't take away my freedom, you can't take away my right to serve you in love. It's so good, church. It's so good. So, so where are you at with this? I just want to pray. We're, God's here. He's speaking. He's doing his thing. So, God, we just want to kind of get in tune with your heartbeat right now.